Somebody getting the ball, making a tackle, sacking the quarterback, some pro making a play. Look at him go, stiff arms, he's a sledgehammer, he's in! Touchdown, Tennessee! Derrick Henry, still going. Stays in bounds. He might go! 99 yards! For the touchdown! Unbelievable! Hello and welcome back to Two-Tone Brews and Unaffiliate unaffiliated Tennessee Titans podcast. My name is Brecker and I am joined by Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? What up, man? It's, it's good to see you. It's good to hear you. This is, uh, you know, our second go around at, at it because, you know, tech, you know, just peep, two dudes trying to figure out podcasting. But, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's Brecker, going well. Brecker's supposed to be the experienced one and he just made like a really noob move. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to out him too much on it, but, you know, we'll forgive him. Uh, so today oh, we're, I'm drinking. What, what do you want? I'm, I'm drunk on the job. What do you want? But, um, uh, we Cheers. are, <laughs> we are discussing today or lots of different stuff to, to discuss today, but primarily, uh, preseason week two of the Tennessee Titans going up to Minnesota to play against Netflix superstar Kirk Cousins and his Minnesota Vikings. Skull. Uh, <laughs> uh we got we got that the joint practices kicker stuff uh rb3 drama uh and just a a few other things too but um before we get into the fun stuff um we do want to acknowledge some sad and tragic news uh related to the tennessee titans uh caleb farley uh one of his homes that he owns in north carolina uh for some some reason, I think it was a gas leak. Not really sure, but uh, a home he owns in North Carolina uh, exploded, and unfortunately, his father was home and uh, did not uh, survive it. And um, so, you know, our condolences and thoughts to Caleb Farley, his family. Um, but his brother, I did read, was there, but his brother did walk away from this with a concussion. So at least it was not. Um, it, it could, it's not worse than what it is, but it's also not a great situation either. So our thoughts and condolences to Kayla Farley and his family right now. Yeah, definitely a really tragic situation for him and his family. So um, Barker and I's hearts go out to the Farley family and we hope that they can, um, you know, find a way to find peace and, and move on. I know it's uh, kind of a hard thing to say and, an impossible thing to do for them probably at this moment. So yeah, just keeping them in our thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, you know, it, you know, there's more important things to football, but yeah, Caleb Farley, he just seems to can't catch a break on or off the field sometimes. But, um, you know, our, you know, again, thoughts with the family. Um, and he is obviously not with the Titans. He's not with the team right now. He is, you know, dealing with this understandably. So again, our thoughts and condolences to the Farley family. For sure. Well, let's get into some lighter news um, on the back of that. We have a few things to talk about since uh, we last left in terms of uh, the recent events. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the Traylon Burks injury, talk about the ramifications of that, the Will Levis injury, how severe is it. We have uh, just a few hours ago, Chigo Conquo 
left practice early. It doesn't seem to be a major injury. He was uh, apparently balling out pretty well before that. So let's hope that that's nothing too major and he can come back for week one against the Saints. Other things, the kicking duel is maybe over. Well, we'll see. Wolf and Shudak were both released by the team today, and uh, they have been replaced by the illustrious Michael Badgley. I know. I hear cheering coming from Nashville (laughs) over this signing. Everyone's just jubilant over just a completely mediocre kicker. So, um, you know, he can always surprise us. Maybe they bring in someone else to compete with him. But, man, I think he missed a kick today. So, (sighs) damn. um, Hot start. How... I was even like, because I think last week when I was trying to talk about the kickers, I was like, oh, I don't have all the stats for them. And I was like, I was like sure to like talk about them this week. And then I saw the same news you did. It's like, well, that's fucking down the drain. Um, yeah, I wasted it, a lot of time watching some dudes that don't matter kick a football. So no, no. And like <laughs> I selfishly wanted Wolf to make the team just because of the last name. I don't know. I thought it was like it'd be cool to have a Wolf kicker, but um I guess we're Wolfman back there. Yeah, I just I just wanted to watch some dude just wolf out and kick some balls. I don't know. No bad um, are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is that guy? He was some kid. I think his name was Sam something. He was the guy that like got us that game winning field goal against the Texans a few years ago that like made us win the division. I think it was Sam Sloman. 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 I don't know if his name was Sam, but yes. Yeah, so th- I was listening to the radio call that day, and uh, it was like a a doink or maybe even a double doink off the off the upright and you know Mike Keith does the call and he's like and it's in Titans win and then Coach Max just great job slumming <laughs> it was the most awkward radio call ever <laughs> oh dude i need i need because i remember like like on instagram and twitter like all like the hype videos of like them in the locker room just like cheering him on and everything like fucking i need slowman back in my life like i don't know what he's doing but i think um, that was the last kick he ever made for the team he was like subbing in for a an injured Goskowski, I think. <laughs> and they were like, you made this clutch ass kick. And they're just like, all right, back to the pack to squad. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's, God, dude. I would I just want Sloman back here. Um I'm sure, I'm sure he's free. Yeah, that dude has a powerful leg. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but uh yeah, yeah. Kicking news. Ah oh, man, I didn't I did not see that chick news about the injuries. I feel like what is going on with some of the because you know, like Burks has his injury. Um on a awesome catch that he had from Tannehill in the joint practice with the Vikings. Um, but this dude needs to stop yeah. getting injured while getting bomb touchdowns. <laughs> and it's, it's just uh, unlucky. Well, if the uh, Eagles safeties weren't like hitman contracted by, you know, AJ Brown's posse, then they probably would not <laughs> have gotten injured the first time. So I'll, I'll I'll take some heat off Burks for that, but yeah, man, uh, that was just unfortunate. I th- I hope he'll be all right. It's a sprained MCL. I talked to or a, isn't it uh, LCL for him? or LCL? You know, one of the side ones. You know, not well. The, not I'm the saying that because because Kyle Phillips unfortunately got a sprained MCL. Oh, Maybe that's why I said that. Yeah, everyone's everyone's lateral ligaments are just going wacky right now. 
Well, I did. I did ask a uh, a friend who is a physical therapist, like what my worry level should be, and he said it. You know, pretty low. It's probably a few weeks at worst. So I don't know. He's also dealing with like normal people and not extreme top of the line athletes all the time. So maybe Burks can bounce back quicker than the average Joe. There you go. What a slam to his patience. Love it. Yeah, I get uh, it. Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> lay people uh <laughs> would you hurt yourself mowing the lawn god get good um, goodness gracious. so yeah so you know we we got we got those two injuries which i mean like and like, none of this seems to be or at least like the burks and i guess kyle phillips too you know not like season ending or anything like that so you know we, we can at least be thankful about that but um i just don't know like what it is about some some of our players, but um, oh well, it seems to be tradition now for s- injuries to just occur. But uh, wow, yeah. did you? So before we get into the preseason game, I'm a little all over the place with the joint practices. Were you? Did you like pay attention to like? Did you like watching like the highlights from that or anything else like going on, on Twitter and shit like that? Well, no. Once, once, <laughs> <laughs> once Burks got hurt, I just I shut myself out. I was like, it's probably my fault. I should not have even entertained this. <laughs> I, I saw this tweet. The quantum physics. You changed the outcome by observing it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was like Schrodinger's LCL. It, it just <laughs> it was my fault. Uh, our, our condolences to uh, Burks, but um. It was it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, there's a lot of it was really funny because you know being on Titans Twitter, it felt so negative because I felt like there were so many people be like, oh my god, Tannehill can't can't throw a ball. Oh, Malik isn't looking that great. Our receivers can't do shit. And then when you go on quote, you know, like Vikings Twitter, is then be like, we are being housed by the Titans in these training camp practices and and or joint practice and everything. So it, I guess like there is this like negative bias for every single fan base of just like god we're we're all dog shit but we're also all winning the super bowl at the same time um yeah it's it's a weird cognitive dissonance we have to hold as fans because you you want to be confident in your team but you also don't want to like be too confident so you're like we're fucking awesome except when we play like these five teams we just fucking suck yeah yeah exactly and i mean Stuff I saw, I mean, there was that really cool, like, two-minute drill we had. And, I mean, like, Tannehill connected with Chig uh, in the end zone on, like, kind of like a, a scramble. You know, Tannehill ran out outside of hashes and just kind of found Chig on the run. And that was pretty – it was like the two-minute drill. I think it was, like – it was less than a minute left on the clock for, like, us to come back and win. So, like, that was, like, pretty cool to – to see stuff like that. And there was some awesome you know, like interceptions we had, like picking off Kirk cousins. And I did see uh, one. I think it was Caleb Farley guarding JJ. He mm-hmm. got, he got a, it was a PBU on him. He looked really good doing it too. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it, it was an interesting week and I like the joint practices because it is, because while like it seems that Vrabel doesn't like to have many of his offensive starters, or really starters in general play these preseason preseason games. Like ever since Tannehill's been a starter, I don't think we've ever watched him get a snap in preseason. And so it's I feel like the, these joint practices are really good because these are kind of like live reps 
that they they get against you know opposing teams and everything. Um, yeah, and it's really good to see them go up against a team with what I would consider as an elite offense. They, yeah, Kurt, you can talk shit about Kirk Cousins, but that dude is very consistent in his play, and he's had multiple four thousand yard seasons in a row. So he uh, he's a good one to go up against. You know, we don't have to go up against you know Patty Mahomes or Justin Herbert every practice you know in a joint practice to know how good we are yeah and also like his because he has good weapons too you know he has you know Justin Jefferson TJ Hawkinson KJ Osborne Addison um, yeah Madison so I mean like it's it's a sneaky good team to like go up against and uh I know you're talking about Kirk Cousins and everything I feel like that there is kind of like this Kirk Cousins renaissance going on right now because of the Netflix documentary that <laughs> that came out um i don't know like a month or so ago i don't know if you watched this uh not yet but my, not yet my wife and i watched it together and it was really funny because so it was him patrick mahomes and marcus mariota in it and I, I was just so interested in kirk cousins because his life was so i mean it's it's more it's more like elevated than like the normal person, of course, because, you know, he's an NFL quarterback and has a different type of tax bracket. But it was just really funny. There's like him and his wife just like talking about things or whatever. And like how he goes into like, do you remember last year? I think it was after their, their first game. He did that press conference in like this like brown plaid shirt. And like it went like all over Twitter about people talking about how he just dressed like a dad. Yeah. And so they like address this. I thought it was just so funny. Talk about how like his wife dresses him and everything. And my, my wife was like, Oh, Kirk Cousins is kind of cute. Oh wait, he could sing too. Cause they like revealed that in the documentary. Really? Yes. And she was just like, his wife is my, my wife has a theory that Kirk Cousins wife is sabotaging him and making him more of a dork than he actually is for protection. <laughs> really okay that explains a lot because he really seems like the guy that won't put a must you know mustard on his hot dogs because he thinks it's too spicy <laughs> he, does, uh, though, right? <laughs> he does have that persona so if he's getting nerfed by his wife i think that's a really sweet thing of her to do it, it kind of makes him <laughs> you're okay you know, with it <laughs> yeah no i am because it kind of makes him unassuming people he's gonna step on the football field and they're like oh my god this guy he he couldn't you know <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't hit a fly he couldn't get mad you know at anything where he's probably not a big deal i don't know this is it's just it's just funny like i don't know my, my wife is now like obsessed with this theory that the kirk cousins is being nerfed by his wife but anyways just just want to have a, have a little chat about that but <laughs> the joint practices again were fun to watch but someone who I kept seeing come up on Twitter and like highlight reels and stuff like that from this was Tier motherfucking tart. This dude had a field day this, this past week with in the Vikings uh, joint practice and in the game too. He started, he played for a long time in that game. Yeah. Oh, I did. I take it back. I did watch the tier tart videos uh, because it was just him absolutely destroying their starting left guard. Over and over and oh, and then he punched him because he was being such a bitch. He was like, "Fucking go, dude! <laughs> like, just get out of here! Why are you even trying anymore?" He, I think that's why he did it. 
he was fed up with him just standing in his way. Like, just put a cone there. Like, make it easier. Yeah, no, he was he was all over him. That was very fun to watch. He is Tart doesn't make that much sense to me. Like, in terms of like just like him as like a physical being, because he looks like such a large round person. But goddamn, he just he gets up and moves when when he when he goes. It's kind of scary. Do you remember watching? I'm not saying he is Warren Sapp, but do you remember watching Warren Sapp back in the early 2000s? He was just this massive, looked like a just a boulder, just standing with two nines on his chest, just a big boulder, and he would just rip it. He was fat. I, I don't know how a big man can move that fast. I gotta get like a little, a little shade of that from from Tark because he doesn't do these like Michael Strahan's swim moves and spins and all that shit. He's just gonna run straight through a motherfucker. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun watching him. Not gonna lie, it, even like when I play Madden as the Titans, it's always like when you're on defense, it's like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm, like if if they don't have Simmons up up there in the lineup, sorry, right, I'm gonna be fucking tart on this play and oh, <laughs> bulldoze yeah. some people. It's great. Dude, um, I can't stand people that play Madden and they're the fucking free safety. I'm just like oh. God, just quit, just quit showing off. Yeah, yeah. So also. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of annoying things with that, but um, yeah, the joint practices were good. It was. We did get some news though. I I guess it was the day before, or maybe a couple days before the the preseason game. But like, Will Levis was kind of like ruled out for the preseason game, and I I think it's a hamstring. I I think last thing I saw was, it was like a hockey report, like lower body injury. Yeah, it was a mystery injury to me, so clearly it's not going to be that bad. He he did talk to some reporters after practice today where he just kind of did some side work, stretching and all that kind of jazz. And um he he kind of talked, he kind of just blew it off. He's oh, I'm just taking it day by day that press training kind of stuff. But he he did say unequivocally that it's not a big deal. Like, verbatim, he said it's not a big deal. So, I'll take him at yeah. his word. Yeah, I think I saw a quote on the subreddit today that he said today, Tuesday, as we're recording this, that uh, he he expects to be okay to play Friday. Um, but you know, we'll see. I have a feeling Vrabel will be like, oh, don't, "Don't don't don't you dare promise timelines, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how we work around here. We lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mayo boy, did, did you see that he signed a lifetime yeah. like sponsorship or whatever with uh with, with that Mayo was it Hellman's That's Hellman's Mayo? Yeah, he he did a whole press conference in in, in front of a wall of Mayo. This is why he, this is the real reason he didn't play. He was busy negotiating all the mayonnaise. Yeah, he's in there with the mayonnaise executives, you know, talking shop. I think he's gonna try and parlay it into a whole deli based sponsorship. If he's smart, he would. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. He definitely should. Did you also see that Tannehill got a Mayo sponsorship this week, too? It's not with Hellman's. It was um, uh, not Miracle Whip. I forget who it was, but it was it was a different different Mayo. I fucking uh, hope it's not Miracle Whip. It's, it's hold on. Hold on. So let timeline check. Levis got a mayonnaise sponsorship. Well, Tannehill then, got it first. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, has the transition already begun? Is this the first <laughs> blow? <laughs> and well, Will Levis taking his spot. He's like riding the coattails of this mayonnaise money. 
Yeah, no, I saw that, and it the it, it's it's so funny because it was like a video of him, Tannehill, I'm talking about him and his wife like putting together like some sort of like chicken dip with mayo, and but like it's like this new sponsorship he's doing with with some sort of mayo company now, and did the fucking comments Fuck. on Reddit were hilarious. People would be like, "This is just him flexing on Will Levis," and now then Will Levis went, "Motherfucker, I'll get a lifetime one." <laughs> Just one up to it, honestly, this is probably not good for the <laughs> ammunition that the other fans like to use against us because I'm pretty sure for years, uh, like Jacksonville fans have just said that people in Tennessee eat mayonnaise. I don't know what they mean by that. I mean, we do. I mean, we do put mayo on sandwich. at least I put mayo on sandwiches and shit, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I used to hate mayonnaise, and then I became enlightened, and then I met my Lord and Savior, Will Levis. Well, I didn't meet him, but you know what I mean. I met him in the same way people think they meet Jesus. It's like kind of yeah. a, an association. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Will Levis, get a Duke Mayo sponsorship, and then we'll talk. Okay, dude, blue plate all the way. Okay, Don't, all right, yeah. The, the Mayo Wars have begun. <laughs> it's fucking uh, now we're in a race two-tone brews blue plate dukes whoever sponsors us first you, you got our allegiance yeah for sure I, i'll be knee deep in the mayonnaise i'm okay with it um, i'll throw all my <laughs> shit out i'll clear the i'll clear the fridge and the backups in the pantry the backups uh we are oh man we're our, we might be giving the, the fan base a bad name but you know what <laughs> Here we are. Um, but uh, fuck, I, I guess like for do you want me to go on to like to, to the game itself or other stuff from the joint practice? No, yeah, let's let's get to the game. Yeah, so th- this was an interesting game because Malik Willis had the game to himself. I mean, I think Mason Kinsey came in for quarterback for two or three plays. But yeah, that was awesome. Was, <laughs> but it was the Malik Willis show, and I mean like. The I hate to say it, but I was really hoping to see that. I was really hoping to come away from the game, and be like, "Wow, like he's taking a huge step." I'm feeling a lot more confident about uh, Malik Willis. But I mean, there were him and Chig had trouble connecting on some stuff, and he had Nick uh, Nick Westbrook Aquino wide open on a deep shot, and he just kind of. He did what I call like the Mariota throw where like he just, the ball just kind of skims across the ground. Uh, didn't really get to the receiver. It really felt like we kind of saw a digression back to old Malik to 2022 Malik in a way because he, he lacked the pocket presence. We saw seven days ago it was gone and I don't know what the difference was because he had the offensive line, the starting offensive line for I think snap count wise was about the same, but like more game time. He had him a whole, whole mm. quarter and he still just looked like, you know, he was a deer in the headlights. And, and that pass you're talking about to Nick breast with Nick Westbrook, Akine, the, I watched the, the NFL network version, which was the Vikings announcers. And same. even the, the clearly slanted announcers were like, Oh, come on, man. He's wide open. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it was a little disappointing. I mean, he and every time I watch him, I just go, God, this dude is so fucking athletic because like he is able to like be like a little Houdini and get out of 
like sacks or pressures or things like that, but like, he still makes boneheaded stuff. Like he had that one where like it was a bad snap. He picked it up and then he ran it back like 15 yards and didn't throw it away and just kind of like got tackled out of bounds. I don't think he threw a single ball away and he had several where he, <clears throat> excuse me, where he should have. There was one on the goal line too, where he took a sack for like negative three yards. We could have ran on third and goal from the one Instead, we had to throw from the four, and he fucked that up too. So, yeah, I think he, uh, I don't know if it's film or if he just needs like a football brain transplant because <laughs> the rest of him is great. He's a great guy. But when he steps on the field, it's like we saw what he could be against the Bears, which was decent. But I think we kind of just know where he is. And in a weird way, it feels like. Levis took a step over him and he didn't even play. Yeah, I think you're right. Like in a weird way, because of the lack of mistakes that we got to see him do, it feels like he he's above him, you know, like in our heads. Um, yeah, who knows, a, who knows what the coaching staff's thinking on that point? But as right. I'm watching the game, I'm like, Levis probably would have made that throw. He probably would have thrown that away before he got sacked for a negative eight yards. Mm -hmm. it's all unknown it's kind of just a a reality versus perception but we don't know what the reality is so i'm gonna let my mind run a little wild and that's why i'm really hoping that levis is good to go on friday and they actually let him play a good chunk like i wanted to see like a solid half at least let the guy go we saw malik in an entire game and he was great running the ball oh yeah yeah i mean he, he looked really fast yeah, I but, mean, he, uh, he didn't have 98. He had 91 mm-hmm. rushing yards on, ele- on 11 carries. So, I mean, like, and the dude is elusive. Like, you know, that is, like, one of his weapons and assets. It, it's just... And he, he did have a uh, throwing touchdown to Julius Chestnut, which is, you know, great that he just didn't, like, run it in. But... And that was a good pass. It was. But I feel like we all need to see more. And somebody made... I was listening to... I think it was, like, Robbie and Rex Road. But they made a really good point and that we should have seen Willis get better throughout the game because, you know, by the time we're in like the third or fourth quarter, he's playing against third stringers and we shouldn't be seeing a guy that we think could potentially be a franchise guy struggling against third stringers. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, I don't know, it's a tough thing to come to grips with, I think, because I obviously want Willis to succeed. I think he's just oozing talent it's coming out of his ears you can see it when he holds the ball he, he runs even when he throws like he's got an arm like he just oh yeah i don't it's always like a little bit behind and i think even this game oh so last week we talked about how slow the release was it got slower mm. it's a clear problem and if that's not i think that's probably like you know, ground level of where he needs to improve. Cause if he can get the ball out quicker, he's not throwing, making these tough throws with pressure in his face, trying to sling it over the middle and then getting it tipped away because it's behind and you, cause he was rushing or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a quarterback's coach, but it seems pretty clear that there's some fundamental problem with the game that needs to be fixed before he can really excel and use his talent to, you know, the most of his ability. Exactly. And just to like even like emphasize the point a little bit, again, Malik Willis played the full game. He was 
10 for 17 attempts, 85 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And just to like pull that up against uh, Nick Mullins, who played for the Vikings he, for a majority of the game. Uh, yeah. He was 13 for 23 attempts, 151 yards. So he, Nick Mullins, almost doubled the 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 receiving yards of or th- I'm sorry throwing yards of Malik Willis. So I don't know it. He it, he it, had a he had a couple of drops from the receivers. So maybe we can you know give him a couple of incompletions back. Mm-hmm. Jake dropped a pretty bad one. He looked rusty. We can talk about him later. <clears throat> but I think on the even playing field, Mullins outplayed him. I mean, he put the ball in a better spot for his receivers. Uh, there were several that were caught that were not really well thrown. They were behind the receiver or just in a, a tough spot, and the receiver made a good play. Kinsey actually made a really good catch on third down. I think that was the first third down conversion. It was you know, a very low ball. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but um, yeah, I think I think he uh, he didn't do himself any favors. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. And like I said, I don't know. It, it, it just makes me concerned about him because you know i would like to see him be the guy but um you know i i I do want to see what will levis can do too with a full game and everything because i did like what we saw in chicago because in in chicago they looked about even yeah um so i'd be curious to see i i know they won't give will levis the full game uh this week on friday against the patriots but like you said earlier i would like to see at least a full half of will Mm -hmm. levis just to just to see what we have and a really good point about Levis that Braden Gall brought up on a football show where if he had, you know, take two scenarios on that uh, crossing route that was uh, behind the receiver, if he throws that six inches further to the left, or if he's throwing to like a, a Burks or a D hop who can make that catch and run for a touchdown, we're talking about Will Levis in a completely different light. So right. there there's these externalities that we can kind of extrapolate. And I would like to see Willavis again, as you said, he needs a, he needs a good run. If he's healthy, let's see what he can do. Cause he's got the tools. I want to see if he, he can make better decisions than well, uh, than Malik Willis. Yeah, I do too. Um, you brought up Chig. I was excited to see that Chig did play in this game. Uh, the, the thing that did concern me is that there were two, Uh, there were two throws to chick from, from Willis, like, you know, across the middle that they just didn't connect on. They hit chick in the hands, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, me not being a coach or anything, I have a hard time telling whose fault this is that he didn't complete it. Did Malik lead him on too much? Like, was it just a little, just a little too far outside his reach or, you know, are these things that we should be expecting? someone like Chig to be able to catch because I feel like they both did like hit his hands, but like they're kind of like the tip of his fingers. Yeah. Well, he's going to be our starting tight end. There's only so many in the league. I think he needs to make these catches, at least the first one. Um, I think he just was a little bit rusty. He, he got the ball later, uh, I think on his only actual catch and it looked like old Chig. He, he got it on a curl route, turned it up field, broke a couple tackles. I was like, okay, no need to panic like my guy yeah (laughs) my guy (laughs) so yeah i think i think he could have caught those um but he didn't 
and all you can do is catch the next one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's again, I almost wonder, you know, how much of it is Malik, how much is it is Chig, you know, is it just like a wash? But um, happy to see Chig out there because you know I would like to see some. I don't know. How do you feel about like the Titans' philosophy about? not starting many of their offensive weapons like Tannehill, Burks, and things like that, or people like that? I kind of think that it's it would be a bad idea for them to not get any snaps whatsoever just because of kind of going back to that point with Chig. Like, he just needed a few plays to get in the groove, and I would rather him do that in a preseason game than against the Saints in Week 1. But I can see the other side of that where – We've talked about injuries with this team for the last, you know, obviously the podcast is brand new, but you and I have talked about these injuries for the last, I feel is like three or four years. Just like, how does this keep happening? We lose, we lose guys every preseason, Harold Landry out for the season last year. So maybe they're just like, you know what? We're not even going to, we're not even going to risk it because it's not worth it. And I'm sure Vrabel has enough faith to say, we can be rusty for a quarter and still beat the Saints. It didn't work last year. Who was no, not last year. It was the year before we got absolutely clowned by the Cardinals. By the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah. So it's not foolproof, but you know, maybe maybe he's he's just I'm not gonna say scared. I don't think Mike Rabel's very scared of much of anything, but I think he, he wants to be cautious. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing too. I mean honestly, I mean <sighs> It, I, I get the injury thing. I wouldn't mind seeing Burks out there for like a drive or two, you know, if he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. If he's healthy. Uh, but you know, as I say that, I mean, he got injured in a practice. So maybe, maybe that is the right philosophy is just to tr- trust your guys to just be ready week one. And that, you know, they don't need all the, like these live practices for, or I'm sorry, not practices, preseason games to, to be ready, but um, I will say it was at least reassuring to see the offensive line, like the starting offensive line out there. Uh, Skronsky looks great. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about him and the way he's been able to, you know, it, I even saw like some like breakdowns of him helping out the left tackle uh, too on, on some like on, on some plays and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting a little bit more confident in the O-line. I'm not confident in the depth, but I'm getting more confident in our starting O-line. Yeah, the depth, well, we all know about how thin we are at most positions. Mm-hmm. The offensive line, I think they're uh, I think they're going to overperform expectation uh, this year. They got a, bu- a big push on a lot of those uh Ty J Spears runs, especially the touchdown run. Uh, Brewer and Brunskill just opened up a massive hole, and that was it. I mean, once they, I think they they cleaned out a linebacker with it. Like someone got a double block in, and yeah, it was over. So it was a great play all around. But the offensive line's surge forward uh, was very noticeable, and it it really set up the play and that wasn't the only one they had several where they just moved the Vikings backwards. Yeah, no, it, it, it the run game was great in this, you know, and that obviously comes from the O-line being able to, you know, set up the holes for them and everything. But I definitely want to talk about how, how awesome it's been just watching Spears and fucking Julius Chestnut in this game, dude. 
and it's you notice who who didn't get a fucking snap in this game. Uh, I did. Yes, Hassan yeah, Haskins. Yes, yes. Amen. Uh, I was thrilled to see Julius Chestnut come in. I was like, oh, it's already Chestnut time. Let's fucking go. Oh yeah. The <laughs> again, the Vikings call was pretty funny when he had that. I don't know how long it was, like sixty yard run. And they're like, well, that was chestnuts roasting on a beaten defense. Mm. <laughs> it's like total dad joke. <laughs> love it. I definitely would have gone somewhere about like busting a chestnut, but you know, here we are. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? That's probably why you're not on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's why I'm not a color analyst. Um, but no, uh, Spears looked awesome. I know everybody saw the highlight of him hurtling over that dude and zooming into the end zone. He hit over 20 miles an hour Ooh. on that run. And that guy, he hurdled a first round pick Lewis seen. Damn. Get bodied. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know if you saw this, but on chestnuts breakaway that like 50, 60 yard run that you were just talking about, he actually was clocked going faster than Spears on that. Really? I would not have guessed that. He, yeah, he kind of looked kind of slow. I, well, he, he's a big boy, you know. He's, <laughs> he's a big, he's a big nut. Um, but he was actually clocked going faster than Spears on that. Granted, wow. he had a lot more yardage to get up to speed. Um, but he was technically going running faster than Spears. I think Spears was like twenty. It was. I think Spears was like twenty point one or something like that miles per hour. And I think. Uh, Chestnut was closer to 21 on that run, which is that's, insane. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, couldn't imagine it, running 20 plus miles an hour. No, not at all. And it 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 makes it just makes me so happy seeing this team like have like these good backups. And and Chestnut was doing it all. He was running. He was catching the ball. He had both a uh, rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown as well. Um, hmm. Just just great shit and again it just made me because uh, you know you and i last episode talked about how we think that like the titans should be done with the hassan's haskins experiment and i will say people voted on the little poll we put on spotify and 60 percent of people agree that he should be gone and even listening to like robbie and rex road and even like a football show um three out of the four people i just mentioned agree that Haskins should probably probably won't be making the 53 man roster this year. Yeah. You know, hate it for him, but that's, that's a democracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Um, <laughs> people, people for the mics voting on it. That's how that works. Um, it is decided. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about, and again, I'm just excited to see how they use Derrick Henry and Spears. Like, I wonder if we're ever going to see like packages of both of them on the field or, you know, how they're going to do like this smash and dash sort of thing with them. But, um, I'm, I don't know. I- I'm excited for for both of them right now. Oh yeah. Can't wait to see how the, the carry split will be in the regular season. Cause I, I don't see a reason to keep Spears off the field, but obviously we need, Derek to do his thing so I think what what what's so bad about too much of a good thing this is the first time in a long time we've had this problem and I I'm pretty excited about it 
Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, and like next year, after I mean, you know, getting ahead of ourselves. Next year, once you know, after we decide what we're going to do with, with Derrick Henry, are we going to like sign him again to like another extension, or you know, does he is is this like our last year with him? I don't know, but like I do feel better knowing that like we just have like at least have Spears as like this really fast, shifty dude that could also catch the ball. Um, and he doesn't have ACLs that could get injured, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, so I asked to. I actually pulled some physical therapists on this. I have a weird bias in my friend group that like half of them are physical therapists. So I I pulled several of them about how concerned, how concerning is it that he doesn't have an uh, an ACL? And the the consensus was not at all. He like you said, he can't tear an ACL. He doesn't have. The only concern would be the longevity of his career. He's a rookie. Frankly, am not concerned about that right now. We'll figure that out later. Let's just enjoy him while he while he's here and balling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, if he can, I think I said in the last episode, but you know, if Spears can at least take away a certain amount of carries from Derrick Henry and it not be detrimental to the team in terms of you know wins and losses. So that way, we, you know, we could just save, save all the gas in the tank for for King Henry. Uh, you know, when it comes to the 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 cold season, the winter months, when when the Yeti comes out, the December. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited for some of these new offensive weapons like him and also D Hop. Um, and again, I, I know we kind of we haven't even really mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, but he was looking good in the clips I saw from the joint practice and he was catching the quote bad throws that Tannehill was throwing at him. So I, I'm, I'm just so excited for him. Were they actually bad throws? Some of them kind of were, but <laughs> <laughs> well, good. He can catch anything. That's fine. Yeah. And you know, we've been dealing with that with him in Houston. I remember he like every jump ball is his. So I'm, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for, for this year. Um, something that I didn't really notice, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or a neutral thing, but th- th- I don't know if I've really been able to like get a pulse on what the play calling is going to be like with Tim Kelly so far in these preseason games. Again, the preseason games are probably trying to specifically tweak out certain things in the offense or certain players but i don't know if i've like really gotten a pulse of what type of play caller we're going to have with tim kelly and i don't think we will in the preseason he's going to keep the cards close to his vest and in all the uh kind of more complex parts of the uh, playbook he's not going to just lay that out for people to see in a meaningless preseason game. I think he's going to have to, he's holding back the best shit, which is frankly exciting because what we're seeing now is as vanilla as it is, it seems to be working. So hopefully uh, that just means more good things will come once the regular season goes and he can just, you know, let loose with all his, his crazy, you know, concepts that he's been cooking up all summer. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm excited to see. And again, you have a good point. You know, it's preseason. You know, not, he's not going to show all his colors, all his cards right now. So, 
it'll be interesting to see, you know, week one with the Saints. Is is it gonna be I just feel like do you remember the the Browns game that we had? Uh it was uh Art Art Smith's Jesus, I can't talk. Art Smith's first like, you know, like real regular season game calling and you know it was fun. I remember it was fun because that was when, like, when wait, we really started using like screen pr- passes to Derrick Henry and like getting it's, receivers open across the middle and shit like that. The screen is exactly what I was thinking of. I think that was Derrick Henry's longest ever touchdown reception. It was like seventy yards. He just outran everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, what that that was a fun game because I I like remember talking to my uncle right afterwards and we we're talking about the play call how like we. We're like, wow, well, there was like some cool, tricky shit in there that like we normally don't see in the very vanilla Titans offense. So um, I don't know. I'm excited for Tim Kelly and to see what, what all he has to offer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can't wait. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else from the preseason game you wanted to talk about? I think we had some good play in the defense from some down the roster guys. Um, my computer's kind of wigging out, so can't pull up these names but we had hold on i can probably pull it up on my phone i'm just gonna kill some time while i do but yeah definitely i know our boy uh garer that we talked about last week uh oh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna apply for president of the fan club he had four more solo tackles and he's just looking looking like he's gonna make this team i mean maybe a fourth safety or something and uh we talked about tart absolutely clowning on these guys we had another another uh, defensive lineman that got like two sacks. I'm trying to find his name right now, but he was all over him. And there were there were plays where he didn't get the sack, but he was just he was right there. <laughs> Caleb Murphy, Caleb Murphy, two sacks, four solo tackles or three solo tackles. Uh, he was he was all over Nick Mullins, poor guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Thank you for bringing that up. Murphy was really freaking good in this game, and I've seen so many people saying how they think that uh, Garer or Gar is going to be making the fifty-three man roster, kind of like how you said. So, um, Vrabel just seems to be able to really coach up these off the wall. Who who the hell are these guys? You know, defensive players. So it's just really cool having these guys just ball outs and everything yeah it's 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 honestly very uplifting because you're like who the hell is this guy oh okay he's got a pbu and a few solo tackles look pretty good yeah absolutely uh i'm curious i'm wondering if we'll see harold landry play in the pre i doubt we will now at this point but you know i just uh, i want to look out for the guy because it's been I think over a year because I think his injury actually happened during practice before the preseason. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would hope to see Harold Landry. I, actually, I don't think I've heard any news about him really, uh, even from like practice beat reports or anything like that. So I guess we'll see how he is week one against the Saints. But hopefully Landry hasn't skipped a beat, and hopefully he just needs to shake off just a little bit of rust in the first quarter. Yeah, I can kind of see him starting slow and then just getting into this groove after a few games in the season. I uh, wouldn't blame him for that at all. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, Landry's a big get uh, coming back from injury. Uh, pretty much a whole new linebacking core uh, aside from, um, help me. Gibbons. <laughs> Gibbons, of course. So, 
yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be an exciting defense to watch. Number one against the run last year. I don't see us dropping off too much from the run as long as we got those uh, big boys clogging the middle of the field. So maybe our uh, new and improved secondary will uh, will help kind of even out the you know the the yardage lost on defense, and we can be talking about a really elite defense uh, you know by October. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and I mean even because I was watching, I think like Kirk Cousins or. Yeah, I think it was Cousins that they were interviewing uh, on the sidelines during this game. He was talking about how, you know, like we are like the best uh, rushing defense, uh, you know, running defense to go up against. And he's talking about how good that was. But uh, uh, completely sidetracking a little bit from that, just because I just brought up Kirk Cousins (laughs) on the sideline. Did you see this like really cringe moment where like they had people singing happy birthday to Kirk Cousins on the sideline? Yeah, I felt embarrassed for him. I think you played it off pretty well. I felt embarrassed for the people <laughs> singing because this the dude the those com- guys were loving it. <laughs> they were loving it, but like I, I don't know. I feel like the the one woman in the front looked like she was held at gunpoint. I don't know. <laughs> she. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, Kirk, Kirk played it off well. Then, as soon as they were done, he's like, "All right, just let me sign this shit, so that way you can stop singing." Please, God. Um. <laughs> what a strange situation. They they like those people were from North South Dakota, Dakota or something, South Dakota. Those people traveled like two hundred miles to sing a stranger happy birthday. Yeah, and they paid hefty for it. I mean, th- those those were expensive seats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for uh, okay. oh, yeah. Oh, also, you know, I was kind of surprised when I saw this. The Vikings sold out their stadium for a really? fucking preseason game. 100% capacity. Jeez. How? Who does that? I think I saw Is the he... Eagles did that last week, too. Okay, I think it's different. All right, here's the difference. Philadelphia is full of maniacs. I know Confirm. this because I was there two weeks ago. Absolute maniacs. Love them to death. It was a fun time. But Minnesota, are they just bored? Like the they're just waiting on the river on the on the lake to freeze? Like, I don't understand what they're doing going to a preseason game, selling that shit out. They're they're all there to get more um <laughs> they're they're there to get more uh, tire tips from um Kirk Cousins and his wife about how to dress and shop and shop at Target. That's that's what they're there to do. Um He's like the more earth tone flannels in your closet the better. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um I don't know if I had any more notes from from this preseason game besides that non-football note about how cringy that the birthday stuff was i think that sums it up for me too uh i say that it should be tradition to always end this show on a segment that is dunking on a team we don't like and the colts uh it i got that sleeper alert yesterday that they have allowed jonathan taylor to seek a trade and just this whole saga has been fucking hilarious as a titans fan hey brooker quick question um, do you believe in any conspiracy theories? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I got one you're probably going to eat up. Okay. All right, so Jonathan Taylor was denied a contract about the same time that this Orca was in need of help and Jim Irsay was going to take 
twenty million dollars to help save the orca. Okay, you remember this? Yes. Tragically, the orca has unexpectedly passed away. Okay. Okay. Where was Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> you think it was it? Oh my! I'm God. not saying he was. I'm not saying he was involved. It, she should be investigated. I, we cannot rule it out. You know, there is more evidence to this because he did have to. He was excused from practice this week for mm-hmm. personal matters and personal the, matters. I in e. Florida assassinating an orca and speaking of he Florida, crossed state lines. <laughs> <laughs> he speaking of florida i did see that the top landing spot for him is miami actually they're they're the, mm-hmm. the front runners had to get that orchid out of the way it was gumming up the works <laughs> coming up the works. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> do you think he called like he called it was like that scene from goodfellas he just like calls up tyree kill and he, Tyreek Hill comes outside. He opens up the trunk. This is dead orca in the trunk. He goes, you're going to help me fucking bury this. We're in this together. (laughs) Just after they got spaghetti at Tyreek's mom's house. I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, hmm? can't rule it out. This makes Tua Joe Pesci. (laughs) (laughs) It's your fucking shine bot. It's like, look like a fucking clown to you. (laughs) <laughs> oh my funny yeah uh <laughs> oh, oh my man. goodness but yeah i just I, I feel like that this is now becoming tradition to, to just dunk on some other afc south team i plan to carry it on because i love dunking on those fucking losers yes and the week that we play against houston when we wear the fucking oilers throwbacks oh just 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 wait mm. the mm. noises that will come out of my mouth we're gonna get canceled <laughs> <laughs> Spotify will not allow the upload. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going to put the explicit E next to it. But but we already signed all these contracts with our Mayo sponsors. We have to release the episode. Oh, yeah. Dude, Blue Plate is going to go fucking bananas. Blue Plates, please sponsor us. And then when Blue Plate drops us, maybe Dukes. Oh, my goodness. Two-tone Blue Plates. Here we come. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Two-tone. See, there we go. <laughs> it's in the name. And Perfect. the cover art kind of looks like the smearing of, of of a condiment on bread. Blue bread. Don't eat that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Alrighty. Um, I think I think I'm all th- all out of thoughts. Anything else that you had, Chris? No, there's no way I can bring this track onto the rails. This train back onto the tracks. There you, know you go. I mean? Yeah, we're 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 kind of close. I, we, I get what you mean, but uh, uh this has been. Two-Tone Brews discussing Titans preseason week two against the Vikings and Netflix superstar Kirk Cousins. All right. Uh, we will see you next week discussing our preseason game against the New England Patriots. Uh, Friday night game. High school. High school level. Here we go. Uh, Friday night lights against them. Friday night lights. Booby Miles might make an appearance. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we got to do a few oil changes and then we'll get right in there. Um <laughs> <laughs> and i think since that will be the end of the preseason next week might be a good time for you and i to also discuss our predictions for the season maybe go through the schedule do yeah, some win, little, win losses give the people a little tease all right yeah, yeah I, I, i'm good with that uh that's what everybody could can be expecting next week um 
Be sure to share the podcast with friends and family. You can follow us on Twitter or x.com, whichever you want to go with, and Instagram at Two Tone Brews. You can write in at Two Tone Brews at gmail.com. And there will be some sort of poll at the bottom of this episode on Spotify. And uh, shout out to the people that have given us five star reviews. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And if you want to give us some more, you could do it on uh, Apple Podcasts as well, as well as Spotify. Alrighty, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Tighten up.